0: All right, guys, you are locked on Falcons. I'm your host, Aaron Freeman. And today I am joined by Will McFadden of the Believe in Falcons podcast. And he's going to talk with us today about his thoughts on some of the players generating and not generating early buzz in training. Camp.
1: So- you are locked on Falcons, your daily Atlanta Falcons podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: So guys, you know me, I'm Aaron Freeman, been covering the Falcons for many years, formerly at Falcfans.com, RIP, still going strong, however, on Twitter, at Falcfans, and of course, still hosting. This preeminent Lockdown Falcons podcast your daily Atlanta Falcons podcast right here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. And before we get into today's episode with Will McFadden of the Believe in Falcons podcast, I do want to plug one of the national shows here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. That is the Peacock and Williamson podcast where you can get insights on every team, every game, every move from NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson. Find the Peacock and Williamson podcast on the odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. And of course, you know, while there isn't anything crazy happening in Falcons camp so far, you know, Brian and Matt have you covered with all the crazy things happening elsewhere in the league. So if you want to stay abreast to the latest involving the Colts, now that Quentin Nelson has the same exact injury of Carson Wentz, what's going on with Joe judge and the giants, Keep hearing a lot of craziness coming out of there, as well as the other teams. Of course, the Peacock and Williamson show is one of many uh, podcasts that, on this locked on podcast network that you can find covering those uh, topics. But uh, today's episode will be focused on some Falcons related topics with Will McFadden, formerly of AtlantaFalcons.com, and the Believe in Falcons podcast currently. And Will will sort of be giving us his thoughts. On some of the ongoing things um, Involving the Falcons training camp We'll touch upon first his thoughts On the Falcons current punting situation And before we get into Will's thoughts On that I will give you mine but then After that we'll talk about some of the Standouts in Will's eyes uh, Based off of the first week of of practice And training camp his thoughts on Kyle Pitts And sort of the arrow pointing up for him And his thoughts on Richie Grant where We touched upon this a little bit on yesterday's episode With Tory McElhinney of The Athletic You know maybe the arrow is not necessarily pointing in the same direction, maybe not down, but, you know, sideways maybe for Richie Grant. And we'll get Will's thoughts on that as well as the other sort of positional groups that he's invested in so far this summer. But kicking things off to give you guys an update on the Falcons punting situation, uh, Sterling Hoffrichter is on injured reserve. He did clear waivers as a waived injured player. And the way that it works is that, you know, or at least the way I believe it works. And later on today's episode, when we talk to Will, you know, I cannot confirm this, but I believe the way that the rules work is that if you put a player on injured reserve before the start of, or before final cuts, that player is not eligible um, to come back from the short-term IR in, in the way that the rules have changed in recent years. And and so a player has to clear waivers if you're going to do that, which Sterling Hoffrichter seemingly did when he was cut on Tuesday or waived on Tuesday and cleared waivers on Wednesday. And so he will revert to the injured reserve and thus miss the entire season, which means the Falcons are going to have a brand new punter, Uh, this year for basically the fourth consecutive year, uh, coming off the heels of Matt Bosher in 2018, Bosher getting injured in 2019 and and thus Ryan Allen, uh, taking up the mantle for most of that season. Um, then of course, Hoffrichter in his rookie year a year ago. And now in 2020, uh, this is going to be a potential position where the Falcons are going to have fresh face, whether that's current guys on the roster, Don Maggio and and Cam Niselec, who they picked up, uh, this summer and who was, spent some time with the Falcons uh, on their practice squad a year ago um, last year, whether those guys can fill those shoes left by Hoffrichter not only as punters, but possibly as kickoff specialists. If you listen to the special teams camp preview episode that I did uh, last month, we talked about how Hoffrichter was a more effective kickoff specialist than Young-Way Koo. Young-Way Koo specializes in the onside kicks. You know, no one does it better than young Koo, but, you know, people do a lot better in terms of kicking for distance on the kickoffs, right? Young way Ku's uh, touchback, uh, ratio or touchback percentage on his kickoffs last year was towards the bottom of the league while Hoff was towards the upper end of the league. And so if that's what you're looking for distance, uh, limiting returns on kickoffs, then Hoff is your guy. And so the Falcons are potentially losing that. Um, and so it's going to be a question over whether any of these punters currently in camp can step up and fill that role, or will the Falcons be on the lookout for other veteran players that maybe get cut at the end of of the summer, And the punter position becomes just another one of the positions. We'll touch upon this later with Will. That seems to be an endless list of positions that the Falcons could wind up scouring and monitoring the waiver wire at the end of this month to pick up players and, and two teams that I know have some contested punting positions where they have, you know, veteran guys that could wind up getting cut. The Steelers and the Rams are are two teams there where guys like Jordan Berry with the Steelers, the incumbent for the Steelers, and Johnny Hecker, the incumbent with the Rams, aren't necessarily from what I have read on the shores of footing uh, heading into training camp. Uh, So we'll see what happens with those guys as well as the guys competing with them. Presley Harvin is competing in Pittsburgh. He was he was draft pick this year. Georgia Tech guy. Someone when the Falcons did work out this offseason. So if he should happen to lose the job, maybe the Falcons would revisit that. And I can't remember off the top of my head who's competing with Hecker in the Rams. I think the expectation is Hecker will keep that Job, but whoever that guy is is a veteran player that you know spent a couple of years with some of the oh, um, Corey Barroquez, who's with the Bills, I think it's a guy, but. We'll just have to see how it all plays out for the Falcons. And with that being said, we'll sort of uh, pick up our conversation with Will McFadden, uh, begin our conversation with Will McFadden, touching on uh, that punting situation and his thoughts on it uh, before we get into the rest of the training camp buzz uh, coming up today with Will McFadden starting right now. All right, guys, you are locked on Falcons. And of course, I'm joined by another illustrious guest. This is Will McFadden, formerly of AtlantaFalcons.com, but now... You can hear Will on the airwaves with the Believe in Falcons podcast, which is part of the Believe uh, podcast network. Will, my friend, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks, Aaron. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy to hop on, uh, as you know, anytime. And I'm super excited we finally have football to talk about again. Uh, actually, they put the pads on this week, man. We're, we're, getting, we're getting close. We're not sure what the season will have in store, but at least it's nice to uh, to see them back out on the field.
0: Yes, we're we're only basically by the time most of you are listening to this on Thursday, we're basically eight days from the Falcons taking the field on the preseason. So we'll get an opportunity to get to sort of see uh, the, that first preseason action and to overreact to it, as we always do, <laughs> good or bad. You know, if they play well, then we're like, this team is destined for great things. If they play terribly, it's like, well... Uh, the sky is falling and uh, I'm going to go on vacation mentally and emotionally for the next six months. But uh, that is the nature of rooting for the Atlanta Falcons. Will knows that life pretty well. Uh, Will, before we sort of get into your thoughts on Falcons training camp, you know, one of the things that has occurred is that their punter Sterling Hoffer, who they drafted a year ago is now on the injured reserve and uh, he's out for the season. So I'm just curious. Do you have any, profound insights into the Falcons current punting situation.
1: Well, do we, uh, are we sure that Hofrichter is out for the season, right? Because it clears waivers. Doesn't when he revert back to IR and I believe, you know, he'd be eligible to return at some point later this year, or have they declared him out for the year?
0: I believe the way the IR works. If you put someone in IR before final cuts, they are not eligible
1: to return. I think that's the way they change the rules. Is that still the case with the relaxed, like the COVID protocol? I can't I remember know. That I, uh, <laughs> yeah. I do
0: not. Know. I'm basing that opinion off of pre 2020 rules. Right. And I'm okay. assuming it's back to normal, but again, I don't know for that for a fact.
1: All right. So we'll put, we'll put a pin in, in Hoffrichter. If he is eligible to return eventually, then that I think is best case scenario. Um I think that, He was, he was my leader in the clubhouse coming in. I know they brought in uh, Don Maggio and we're going to have kind of a competition there, but I I think Sterling didn't do anything to really lose the job last year. The fact that he also handles uh, the deeper kickoffs matters. Uh, I believe Maggio would probably do the same thing if, if he ends up and and emerges now as, as the. but he's dealing with uh, apparently an injury. Uh, It seems like he's, closer to coming back at, at some point in camp than obviously Sterling would be. And then they signed Cameron Nizelik, who has been with the Falcons a little bit. You know, I saw him kick in, in training camp last year and, and uh, for the practice squad and stuff. So he's been around, but I don't think he's the best option. I, I think now with if Sterling is out, it all depends probably on what Dom's injury situation is and how quickly can he get back out on the field. But I wouldn't be surprised if the team now is really dusting off a lot of their punning scouting reports and, and seeing – I wouldn't be shocked if we see a couple of people come in and, and maybe try out or we get those reports over the, the duration of training camp unless you know Cameron steps in and does exactly what he needs to do to, to win this job.
0: Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I spoke earlier on the podcast before you jumped on uh, basically saying that this is another position that you can add to the list of possible positions that the Falcons could be looking at, you know, at the end of camp with the waiver wire and whatnot to continue yes. to churn the roster. Would you agree?
1: 100%. Yep. Oh. I, I think there's, I think there's a lot of spots on this roster, obviously where they're like going like to that. Seems to be in that conversation. Yeah. That list might be longer than the list of positions where they're not going to be um actively. Scouring the uh, the cuts after training camp, but I like that I like that approach. I like that strategy because, given the the financial situation, it came into the season or into the off with, and even you know being able to to offload Julio and, and free up your cap space to to get your rookies. I wouldn't have been shocked if the plan coming into the start of free agency, you know, right back when Terry Fontenot and Arthur Smith got hired, if Terry laid out, look, here's the situation. We're gonna need to nail. The guys post training camp because teams will always like try to hide the players they actually really like, and I know that that was always kind of a conversation. Sometimes it's like, well, do we let them go in the first round of cuts and risk, you know, do how do we hide this person so other teams don't know that that's the guy we really want to bring back? Um, Terry Fontenot and his staff's ability to really pinpoint the right guys who they like, who they believe will be key in the system, and then get those guys. Could be very important to more important than most.
0: I would agree, and uh, that's the type of profound insights that Will McFadden will give you. Talking a simple question of what do you think about the Falcons putting situation turns into a conversation about, you know, how you manage to build your roster and how you manage to sneak uh, talent through waivers. And uh, we're going to get more insight from Will on today's episode, talking a little bit about what he has been seeing and or hearing in camp so far that he likes and maybe a couple of things that, you know, he may not like, but we'll get all of that in the today's conversation on lockdown Falcons with Will McFadden of believe in Falcons podcast. And before we get into that guys, I do want to plug the NBA side of the lockdown podcast network where you can find a daily podcast of footage of your favorite NBA team, including the Atlanta Hawks. Check out the On Hawks podcast hosted by Brad Rowland for insight on that team or whoever your favorite NBA team is. And if you don't have an NBA team, favorite NBA team, much like myself, uh, then the locked on NBA podcast is the right one for you. That's covering the entire league. If of course you can find locked on Hawks locked on NBA locked on Celtics locked on Raptors on uh, the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. So today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com with ever increasing numbers of makes and models. It's now impossible for your local auto parts chain store to suck all the parts that you need. Why wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer when you already have a computer with access to rockauto.com at home or in your pocket with your phone? Save time and money when using rockauto. You'll spend up to twice as much for the same parts when you order from that chain store or car dealership. Meanwhile, rockauto's Prices are always reliably low for every customer. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. They have everything you need from brake parts, tail lights, boat oil, even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website yourself today and find the solution to your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in the how-did-you-hear-about-us box so that they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. So I'm here with Will McFadden, a longtime a friend of the show, to get his insights into training camp. And I guess for you, Will, open in a question, you know, what has sort of stood out to you uh, in terms of the things that are generating buzz through this early portion of camp that were roughly basically a week into practice?
1: Um, I, I think that so far, the big one with a bullet has been AJ Terrell, um, and And... Torrey McElhinney and I spoke about this on, on my podcast kind of at, at great length because it just seems like he's – there are only so many things you can really actually learn in training camp, even though you you get to sit there and watch a whole practice with your own eyeballs and, and see you know, how a player moves, all that stuff. It's just so different from what actually really translates to a Sunday and what the coaching staff – they're so early still in their uh, installs and all of that. But the things that do matter are – the confidence that a player plays with on the field, the speed, you know, the understanding of the scheme that allows you to really trust your technique and maximize your physical abilities. And it just seems like AJ Terrell is clicking and checking every single one of those boxes so far in camp. I mean, it he he's making all of the routine plays, but then he's also making some of the splashier plays and, and some of the things that we saw as a rookie where he was always in the right spot. There weren't many plays where he was just off the screen by the time the receiver was catching the ball. And again, he was playing some of the best receivers in the league as a first-year guy. But he was always kind of in position. It was the last half of a second when the actual point of the catch came that he maybe didn't make the full playmaking play that you would hope that an elite cornerback would. It seems like he's doing that now. And that he's actually getting those pass breakups. He's getting these picks. It's not that he's just trusting himself to be in the right spot. It's now, okay, I know I'm in the right spot. How do I turn this into a true impact play? And if, if he really is taking that next uh, jump, I mean, that that means everything for this Falcons secondary and you know how you try to go about retooling this defense on the fly over the next couple of years.
0: Yeah, I agree with you on that. Um, you know, I, I have... Positive vibes uh, stemming from AJ Terrell and things I've heard, and can't wait to see sort of what areas of his game have improved. If you can get more of that on-ball production, uh, that was something that T- Tory McElhaney uh, mentioned on Locked On Falcons on yesterday's hey podcast. So, uh, du- dueling uh, uh, Tory guest appearances. Uh, go check them both out. Um, but uh, yes, yeah, great. you know, I think with AJ Terrell, that's probably the the one element that's probably missing more of that on ball production. And Mm -hmm. he didn't get a ton of that at Clemson, but part of that was because he wasn't thrown at a ton (laughs) at Clemson. So it's one of those things where, you know, given what we saw last year, you saw a lot of the promising signs and him delivering on that. Like the player I compared him to, You know, in terms of like what I thought his ceiling was in the NFL was Darius Slay. And the thing about Mm. Darius Slay was, you know, he was the shadow corner that got a lot of on-ball production going back to his days at Mississippi State and his days in Detroit. And like the one question I had about AJ Terrell in terms of whether he could reach that ceiling was, are you going to get the same type of on-ball production with him? then that you get with Darius Slay, where a guy that you can routinely count on to get you three to five interceptions a year and 15 yeah. to 25 pass breakups. And you wonder if AJ Terrell is going to be more of that two and 10 or two and 15 guy uh, more like Desmond Trufant was, as opposed mm-hmm. to, you know, a Darius Slay that can be a, like a five and 25 guy, which, you know, gets you into the conversation of what truly makes you one of the standout corners in the NFL. And I think AJ Terrell has that potential, but we just kind of have to see if he can deliver on it.
1: Yeah, no, I I completely agree with all that, and and that that's the this the exciting time. He's he's still he's entering his second year, so the it's still so hard to even figure out where the ceiling is Mm -hmm. and all the possibilities around the table. And but it just seems like he's really trending in the right. View a couple just like rapid fire uh, other good things about, um, and I'm really excited to kind of continue to watch throughout camp. But uh, I like the fact that Jacob Two Eighty Mariner and Stephen Means are getting some of these reps together as outside linebackers in kind of this new pass rushing look for Atlanta. The fact that Dante Fowler is out, I think benefits the depth of that group. And it was it probably one of the biggest question marks on this roster is where they're getting that pass rush from. So I like the fact that these two guys who I think are underrated and have gotten better kind of each year they've been with the Falcons. I know Stephen means was hurt for that one year, but he's somebody really well-respected in the locker room. Um, so I like that. Olamide Zacchaeus seems like he's really taking the the initiative to step into that third receiver role, um, and they may not have to use him a lot, frankly. I don't think they will because they're going to be in so many probably 12 personnel groupings, but having him be your like sixth man off the bench would be awesome for this team because he is electric and can make some big plays. Jalen Hawkins seems like he's kind of making some, some good plays in 11-on-11 drills, and that would be really good to see because I think he kind of was the odd man out for the rookie class last year in terms of guys who never got a huge shot to, to make an impact. Um, seems like TJ Green at safety as well is is running with Jalen Hawkins, so that's somebody who is a, is a name that's unfamiliar to a lot of us, and, and I think just seeing how that evolves. And then finally, Ade Ogundeji seems like once the pads have come on this week, that he's really stood out um, in some of the one-on-one drills and team periods. And, and that would be big as well if they can hit on one of these two rookie defensive to, and if Marlon Davidson can kind of reemerge and, and take hold, like that would be a great thing for this defense as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think this year is going to be particularly a growth year for a lot of these defense. You have the sort of dichotomy with this defense where you have some veterans that are kind of bridge guys and then you have these young guys and you're wondering sort of what growth they can show, what they can put on tape and, and getting, you know, who, who the players are, I think is going to be a question mark that hangs over the head of this defense, you know, whether it's the Marlon Davidson's or the Ogun Deggies or Jalen Hawkins or the Richie Grant's, et cetera, that do wind up stepping up and emerging. But the more of those players that the Falcons can get, this upcoming season that can step in and and produce for them, particularly on the defense will I think go a long way because my expectations moving forward is that you will probably see a significant investment in this defense next off season uh, to try to get it up to speed. And so the less holes that they feel compelled that they have to fill, I think obviously the better uh, for this unit moving forward, but uh, we will, that, with that being said, we will move forward on today 's episode here with Will McFadden of Believe in Falcons, and sort of get his thoughts on some other rookies, in, including Kyle Pitts and Richie Grant of Falcons two uh, top twenty twenty one draft selections and sort of maybe opposite buzz on where where they're going, but you know, maybe today on Wednesday, there was a little bit more buzz for Richie Grant moving forward, but uh, we'll get Will's thoughts on that um, uh, as we continue today's lockdown file. But before we get there, guys, I do want to plug the MLB side of the lockdown podcast network. We are in between seasons. We're at the preseason point for uh, football. We're at the postseason point for basketball and hockey, but baseball season is in full swing as they say. And that means I should be plugging one of the daily podcasts devoted to your favorite Major League Baseball team here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, including the Atlanta Braves. Check out the Lockdown Braves podcast either on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts so BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action BetOnline gives you the latest news odds and info for all your sporting needs including the MLB NBA NHL NFL and all your UFC and MMA action and there's no time like now to get started at BetOnline you got UFC 265 coming up you got the Summer Olympics ongoing college and pro football are right around the corner and of course baseball season is in full swing and you can track all the action at BetOnline get real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine including Arthur Smith's chances of the winning coach of the year, Matt Ryan's MVP odds and whether Kyle Pitts will win offensive rookie of the year, as well as the over under betting odds on how many yards and touchdowns you'll see from various Falcons like Matt Ryan, Mike Davis, Calvin Ridley, Kyle Pitts and Russell Gage. To get in on that action, just head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today at BetOnline.ag use the promo code LOCKEDON on. you'll receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. That means if you deposit 200 bucks, you get $100 in free money to play with, with that promo code LOCKEDON BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. So uh, here with Will McFadden of Believe in Falcons and uh, Will, you know, we, we've made it about 20 plus minutes into an episode and we haven't talked about Kyle Pitts yet. So uh, I'll, I'll give you the floor to give your thoughts on sort of the, the, the growing buzz on, on Kyle Pitts uh, in this first week of training camp.
1: Yeah, I mean it's, it's crazy, right, that we uh, made it this far, but it seems like, as you alluded to, Wednesday maybe was a little bit of a, a day when Richie Grant in that in that one on one battle, uh, did make a great play against Kyle Pitts. Seems like that's the the one negative <laughs> that's happened to Kyle Pitts so far in camp because the the dude's lighting it up by all accounts, and and we all saw that play that that kind of went viral when it bounced off of uh, who was it, Fabian Moreau's mm-hmm. knee, and and then he caught the, the acrobatic uh, pass. But I think that even just the the standard plays that he's making. It's the little things that you want to see from a rookie, you know, fighting back to the ball when he cuts his hands are up. You know, I remember one of the, the very first stories that I got told when I was with the Falcons was that when Julio was a rookie on his like first day of of camp or practice when he he was just running a, a simple kind of comeback route. And by the time that he got his head around the pass from Matt Ryan hit him in the face mask because he wasn't ready. It was it was just the change from going to the quarterbacks that he played with at Alabama where there was no throwing with anticipation. There was no, you know, putting it there early for the receiver to then have the space to make a play after the ball. And it was kind of a welcome to the NFL moment. So I was curious to see if, if there would be some of that with Kyle Pitts, you know, the hey, don't round off your route. You really gotta cut it. You gotta work back to the quarterback. You know, this is what you gotta do. And it seems like all of those little things on top of the stuff that makes him such an athletic Freak, he's doing, uh, which is probably more exciting to me than the crazy athletic stuff that he's doing because we knew he could do that, but to really succeed and to see to succeed early on, he had to be able to do those little things at a really high level as well, and I think we've seen that so far in camp. It's early; none of this, none of this, really matters until you suit up against actual other teams. But uh, that's really good to see. And then the Richie Grant stuff is interesting because usually there's always one rookie that, that kind of seems like they're being put off in the side or a little bit, or they're, they are sticking with, like, the rookies. And you have your first team, your second team. Usually a couple of rookies are, are scattered in those. And then your third and, like, fourth teams are undrafted free agents. Your kind of lower-round rookies, you know, maybe some of those depth guys just who are in the rotation in and out. But it seems like Richie Grant's kind of been placed there, relegated there. And I don't want to speculate because I have, I have absolutely no idea what what is going on, but i wouldn't that seems to me like it's more of a, a film room classroom thing, and then translating that out onto the field, just the comfort with with the scheme, understanding his assignments, knowing his roles, and then on top of that the the safety group kind of turned from the shallowest group to a weirdly deep group now to good veterans in place who know what they're doing and and stepped in here from day one, ready to go. Jalen Hawkins, again, seems like he's put on a pretty good camp. And so maybe it's as simple as that for Richie Grant. It was encouraging to see him on Wednesday make some more plays, seem like he was trending in the right direction. Now he needs to string together a few of those days, build some momentum, and start to really compete in, again, what looks like a pretty deep safety group.
0: Yeah, yeah. You know, I I went into – this summer, being like, oh yeah, Richie Grant, no problem, is going to win a starting job. It's it's not even yeah. a conversation, and now it's like, oh, maybe he won't win the starting <laughs> job, and and it's not like this is coming out of nowhere because there there have been people right. since you know June talking about the Falcons taking it slowly with Richie Grant, but you just sort of figured like, look, look they're not going to start Eric Harris. Eric Harris is the backup, right? Like that, that that's not you know like Daron Harmon's one thing, but Eric Harris, you know. In his starts in Oakland or Las Vegas, you know, wasn't an exceptional starter, but service- a serviceable starter, a guy that can yeah. be that bridge guy. Um, but it's just like, you know, why, why build a bridge when you got Richie Grant? Um, and so it, it has been a little bit surprising to me to sort of see him not get off to that fast start that I assumed, uh, you know, coming in. Um, but, you know, we'll just sort of have to see how the rest of this summer plays out. It's the first week, as you say, you know, right. there isn't any reason to panic. Um, you know, there there have been plenty of players that, you know, you didn't hear a lot of buzz, but then the minute the lights went on, suddenly started making plays uh, in preseason games. And that changes the narrative on on these various things. No one's going to remember, oh, that Richie Grant wasn't getting that many first team reps until day six of his training camp, uh, you know, three months from now. So um, the other thing I'll say on Kyle Pitts is, you know, I think it's good to hear that him him and Matt Ryan are seemingly getting on the same page because when you look at this wide receiver Mm -hmm. core – You know, part of it, obviously due to the loss of Julio Jones, but you don't really have that guy that you can, Matt Ryan's going to trust that he's generally had throughout his NFL career that can win in those contested catch situations, right? Whether it was Roddy White or Tony Gonzalez or Julio Jones, like that's not really Calvin Ridley's strength. You're not going to throw it up to Calvin Ridley. He's going to, you know, out jump a corner um, and and out muscle those guys, you know, in, in traffic to a high degree. And so you kind of need Kyle Pitts to kind of step in and be that guy. That was something that Hayden Hurst was up and down a little bit when he, mm-hmm. you know, last year. So, you know, that's not really Russell Gage's game either in, in that regard. So it's important. I think that him and Matt Ryan in, in terms of Kyle Pitts, get on the same page quickly, because we haven't really seen what a Falcons offense with Matt Ryan at the helm looks like when he doesn't have that guy, the closest comparison is, is that middle portion of the 2013 season when both Julio and Roddy were out of the season. And that didn't yeah. go particularly well for, for Matt Ryan or the Falcons offense back then. So I'm, I'm that was, very that was
1: Harry's thousand thousand yard season, right? Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so I, yeah. I'm very hopeful that, uh, you know, that can get fast tracked Cause that was one of the things I think holding back um, Hayden Hurst last year with yeah. not having the full off season and, or a regular off season to get on this, to get on that page. And we didn't really start to see that connection between Matt Ryan until like December with him and Hayden Hurst. And hopefully we can get that a lot sooner with Kyle Pitts. But
1: uh, you, you bring up a, a good point though there real quick because the other person that I think we're leaving out of that conversation, but it is important to this conversation is Austin Hooper. And I know for a fact that Austin Hooper was one of the guys that Matt trusted the most. And anytime he kind of needed to make a big play, he would look at Austin Hooper, and, and they usually did kind of connect. Or if it was a two-minute drill, how many times did we see three straight passes to Austin Hooper on just kind of like an out route and, and Matt and, and him connecting? And so I do think that the, the two major tight ends that Matt Ryan has had so far in his career have been two of his most trusted go-to safety blankets of, of his career. And if Kyle Pitts can become that, I think that it will be extremely valuable for not only this offense – but for Matt Ryan,
0: yeah. And will last question I, I want to ask you before we get you out of here. Maybe you've touched upon it a- already on today's mm-hmm. episode, but you know what position battle are you particularly at this point? in the summer invested in to see how it plays out. Uh, are you one of these people like me that's, you know, very invested in the offensive line and who wins those competitions? Or is there another, you know, you talked about the edge rusher group um, wide receiver depth, running back depth, etc. You know, I know there's some AJ McCarron versus Felipe Franks uh, stands <laughs> out there that are really pushing in one direction for one of those quarterbacks. But uh, for you, what is the, the one sort of position battle or multiple position battles that you are pretty invested in and see how it turns out for the Falcons this summer?
1: Yeah, I'll give you uh, one on offense, one on defense, because they are my top two. But it would be safety, and it would be um, the offensive line. And kind of for similar but different reasons, because I I think that you can – we could probably project pretty accurately what the starting groups might be. Offensive line might be a little bit harder. But safety, at least it seems very strongly trending towards Eric Harris and Dron Harmon starting the years your your starting group. Um, and I think that makes sense, because – you know, they are your veteran guys. They're sure they're not flashy or, or whatever, but you, you just don't need them to be a train wreck on the on the back end and highest floor of any of your options. But it's how everything shakes out behind that. And we know Richie Grant's gonna be on this roster. Uh, I would assume Jalen Hawkins is there too. So do they just keep four safeties? Does somebody you know crack the roster? Who's if TJ Green just lit up camp and and earned? maybe a fifth spot and with a big special teams role, could he do that? Does it? Does Richie Grant eventually take Jalen Hawkins? And now it, it looks like he's – could he start really vying for a, a pivotal um, rotational role early on? So that's kind of where I'm looking at – the safety it's not so much who's going to win those jobs it's just how does that shake out at the end of the day because I think that will be very telling again for Richie Grant who is a prospect I think you and I were both very excited and and high on um, to see and so offensively it is the offensive line and more so for when Caleb McGarry gets back how does that shake everything up you know does he immediately slot back into that starting right tackle role, you would think so, right? Because again, I I don't know if he's done anything to really lose that job with his play. Surely there are fans that would like to see him perform Mm -hmm. at a higher level, but he's still young. He's only entering his third year, and and I don't think I think you could do a lot worse than Caleb McGarry. But obviously the best ability is availability. And he's not out there right now. So you've got Jalen Mayfield getting really important reps, really, really valuable reps for a rookie, but is he does that all of a sudden make him your de facto starter? No, probably not. And when Matt Gono gets back, you know, what's the pecking order there? Because he was somebody who could have probably swung over a right tackle and filled in for McGarry. They're both out. That's what is leading us all now to talk about Jalen Mayfield. And so the whole plan with him, too, about could he play guard? Now he's back at tackle. Just how does that all work out? And, of course, you've got the Josh Andrews, Drew Dahlman, Matt Hennessy trio there. Seems like Matt Hennessy looks like the the option at center. Um, I think it probably will be him and, and Josh Andrews with Dalman you know, getting again these valuable reps early on in, in camp, but probably being more of a depth piece early on as they continue to, to groom. That's usually what you'd like to do with offensive linemen. Um, but yeah, that that's all. I'm really interested because it seems like we're going to get some answers to those questions probably earlier than than later because McGarry should come back at some point and that'll free up a few more of these guys to maybe move around to different spots um and they could tinker with uh lineup. So yeah, safety and offensive line are, are definitely the two that I will probably be tracking from from that standpoint. Okay.
0: So if you guys want to track those things along with Will,
1: uh, <laughs> I will
0: give Will the floor to plug you know, the various platforms in which they can find your commentary on those subjects as well as others, Falcons or not Falcons related. Because right? I know people are very invested in you know, whatever non-Falcons related content uh, that you are interested in.
1: Yes, come to me for all the the white lotus takes is the HBO show I'm currently watching. But um, all right, I will do that. Now you, you can uh, check check uh, check me out on Believe in Falcons. That's a B-L-E-A-V. And then um, I am currently deep, deep, deep into the Atlanta Jersey history series, uh, which is on at the Falcoholic and just really kind of dug through every single jersey number ever worn by an Atlanta athlete um, across all the major sports and made a big spreadsheet. And we're just picking out the best ones, whoever wore any of the the jersey numbers. So I believe we're in the 60s now, and it's almost exclusively Falcons players because you never see a, a Hawks member who's wearing number 72. Um, so basically a Falcons list. But, hey, this is the podcast to plug that. So... Go check it out over at the uh, Falcolic and follow me on Twitter at Will McFadden.
0: There you go. Will, I really do appreciate you you coming on. I look forward to our future conversations, uh, perhaps uh, later this month or at the beginning of – the regular season when we see some of these things that we've talked about and, and how they wind up playing out for the Falcons in terms of their roster construction. Again, great points by you at the top of the show talking about how uh, teams can, you know, sneak players through, um, you know, waivers and whatnot. And I'm sure I will be bringing that back up, you know, later this month when we start talking about potential cap cuts. Uh, but definitely look forward to our future conversations and, and hearing your insights uh, into all the various topics, Falcons and not Falcons, White Lotus, HBO, uh, <laughs> Max related uh, in the future.
1: Yeah, of course. Uh, thanks for having me on, Aaron. Uh, anytime. I'm happy to do this.
0: All right, guys. There you have it. Will McFadden, Believe in Falcons podcast. Check him out there as well as at Will McFadden on Twitter. And uh, tomorrow we'll wrap up the week probably with a Q&A. So if you have any questions that you want to send in, of course, uh, you can send those in via Twitter to Locked On Falcons via Facebook at Lockdown Falcons, or you can send an email to Lockdown Falcons at Mail.com. Otherwise, I'll just sort of probably wind up giving my thoughts on some various competitions now that we're week in the training camp. I have some thoughts at like running back uh, and, and sort of JV and Hawkins and whatnot. And I have some thoughts on that, so I might give those takes on tomorrow's episode uh, in addition to answering any questions that you guys uh, send in. Um, so that's the plan for tomorrow. And, um, yeah, uh, before we duck out of here, I'll I'll plug the Locked On betch podcast. You know, already plugged, Bet Online. So when you sign up for Bet Online and use that promo code Locked On to get that fifty percent welcome bonus, you're probably going to sit there and say, "Okay, Aaron, I signed up for Bet Online. What should I bet on?" And of course, it only you know if if you need tips, that's where the Locked On Bets podcast, your daily podcast, giving you those games and those matches and and whatnot that you need to put money in your pocket as you get geared up and sort of set that foundation foundation that cushion that you need going into football season so you can go buck wild with your you know laying bucks on you know uh the falcons to win the super bowl you know last i checked it's like i don't know like 40 to 1 odds or, or whatever the case may be i you know I, I probably um you know i don't know exactly what it is actually i can check it through the power of, of editing well, wow. uh, 66 to one odds for the Falcons over the Super Bowl. So, you know, that can make you a pretty pity, but you're not going to get that money until February. And so in the meantime, you want to make some money in the meantime. And of course, that's where the Locked on Bets podcast was about your boy Q. And of course, handicapping expert Lee Sterling Lee's giving you those locks of the day that you can always count on to put money in your pocket. And of course, you can subscribe to the Locked on Bets podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. So there you guys have it. Appreciate it. Till then.